0: go to smaller saints. Welcome. My name is Grant Hill, if I haven't met you yet. And uh, yes, happy Mother's Day. If I didn't get to see you, (laughs) happy Mother's Day. And we love you. And uh, yeah, Brandy mm, talked about two weeks ago of the bait of Satan and the spirit of offense. And the stumbling block therein. And last week I was talking about, uh, in Zephaniah 3, the Lord in your midst and recognizing who he is. And when you recognize the Lord for who he is, he keeps you from all baits, right? The Lord's prayer tells us the model of how we are to pray. It's not necessarily to be verbatim, but it was the structure on how you flesh out your prayers It was the skeleton on how to do your prayer to the Father and right, there's a very specific part that That he would not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one and so part of that temptation that we are asking for him to deliver us from is that our eyes would see the stumbling block before us. Right? And so this word, it says in Psalm 119, is a light unto my path and a lamp unto my feet. I might have mixed those around. I don't remember. But what does that mean? It's so that the father of lights can illuminate or enlighten our hearts so that we can see the stumbling blocks in our midst, right? And so that's in Ephesians, right? Of that the God of our inheritance would enlighten our hearts to see the riches of his inheritance in the saints, Part of that is recognizing what is in our heart that stumbles and keeps us from it. That stumbles and keeps us from walking in our destiny. I'm not planning on making this a Mother's Day-themed message, so I'm trying not to make your heart sick because hope is deferred. I am just going with what the Holy Spirit is teaching us in this house. And... And one of the main areas that there's been a stumbling block, it's not just, it's not just in America, it has been since the beginning of time is the stumbling block between the separation of the Jewish people and the rest of the races of the world. And The Bible is very evident that God has placed a uniqueness, a specialness on the Jews, his people. And then there's the rest. I am one of the rest. There are some in here that are a part of those that have been set apart, of the Jewish faith, of the Jewish race. You can be of the Jewish faith, but not of the Jewish race. Do you understand that? But then there is this amazing mystery that happens in the Bible. And so when I'm saying, we don't understand how unique the people of God are. And that God doesn't consider them a race of the world. God considers them his own family. Like the seed of himself. Because that's literally what happened. Abraham was as good as dead. Sarah had no eggs left, if you would. But yet there was a birthing from Abraham and Sarah, Isaac. Isaac and the blessing of God's covenant with a people went through them, and that is the race of the Jews. And so God doesn't see them as a people of this world. He sees them as a people of his realm, of his creation, of his, and he set them apart, and it was like, these are my family, and they're going to show all of the rest of you what it means to be a part of my family. And that was the goal. That was the mission that they would advance and multiply the family of God by showing and exalting him through all the world. And that didn't happen. They got, they got inner focused as in exclusive that this is our God and you are not a part of us. And the haughtiness that now the whole world has an enmity towards the Jews because they are better than us. That, How did they become so special compared to us? That is the anti-Semitism that you run into. And it's prevalent because the world is not of God. And it started with his people. And you couldn't even graph them into your lives. You could, there was an offense that always came up. And it's anti-Semitism. This is prevalent in the Bible. Um, let's go to Romans 1. Okay. Romans 122. I'm talking about this today because we have been talking about the spirit of offense and you need to understand the stumbling block. It's not a new thing. It's not a new thing, but it's its beginnings has always been the reason why there is racism in the world is because God created his race. And if you think it's any other way, you're wrong. It's because God created his race and all the rest of the world got offended that God created his own race. (laughs) And now we are at enmity with what God has done. But he made a way to now graft us in to his people. And that settles that war of racism that is in our lives. This is biblical. I'm going to show you. All right. Romans 1, 22. And we'll read till 25. Okay. Professing to be wise, they became fools. This is in Romans 1. that tells us the hearts of the world, the hearts of all races, the hearts of all mankind. We profess to be wise even to this day, and we become fools. And they changed the glory of the incorruptible God into an image made like corruptible man and birds and four-footed animals and creeping things. Therefore, God also gave them up to uncleanness and the lust of their hearts to dishonor their bodies among themselves, who who exchanged the truth of God for the lie and worshipped and served the creature rather than the creator, who is blessed forever. Amen. 26. I don't want to read the whole thing, but for this reason, God gave them up to vile passions. When we settled this, that we don't agree with what God is doing, God let us go to our own vile passions. You have to understand that. God is not going to force us to believe him. He never has. He never will. And even when we have seen his invisible attributes... We said, I don't want to do what God says. I want to do what I want to do. And my flesh is saying, I want to divide. The flesh wants to always be divisive, not, not in vision with God's vision, but division from God. Are you with me? Go to 1st Romans, or one, the chapter, Romans 1 16 and 17. For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God to salvation for everyone who believes, for the Jew first and also for the Greek. For the Jew first and also for the Greek. The Jew is first because he was the house of God. You are going to give your inheritance to your family first and then to the others. God has the same mindset. Why? Because God is a family man. His name is Father. And so His nature is to raise up families. You're not coming into a business relationship here. You're not coming into a business contract. You're not coming into a community of partnerships and understanding. You are coming into the house of God who has children of God, and he is a family of God. So his first family was the Jews, and so the gospel had to go to them first, and those who believed it the Father's heart, and he says, you know what, guys, it's not just about you. It's not just about you, and it never was. It was a mystery that was hidden in the Bible for all of this time. You thought that you were the special ones, and you are unique, but the special ones are what I'm going to do. That through you, you're going to spread the word that this gospel that I preach is for all. Is for all, the Jew and the Greek. Greek can also be translated as Gentile. Gentile can also be translated as the nations, the other parts of the world, not just if you're from Greece. Right. You with me? Yes. All right, let's go to Isaiah. Isaiah 57. Isaiah 57 says this, and I want you to make note of this. Come on, Grant. Isaiah 57, we're going to start in 14. Here we go. And one shall say, heap it up, heap it up, prepare the way, take the stumbling block out of the way of my people. For thus says the high and lofty one who inhabits eternity, whose name is holy. I dwell in the high and holy place and with him who has a contrite and humble spirit to revive the spirit of the humble and to revive the heart of the contrite one. Skip a verse, go to 17. For the iniquity of his covetedness, I was angry and struck him, and I hid and was angry, and he went on backsliding in the way of his heart. I have seen his ways and will heal him, and I will also lead him and restore comforts to him and his mourners. Now, listen to this. I create... The fruit of the lips, peace, peace to him who is far off and to him who is near, says the Lord, and I will heal him. Okay, this stumbling block of offense, we understand that, right? In verse 14, heap it up, heap it up, prepare the way. Take away the stumbling block out of the way of my people. So we've talked about that. Brandy did a great job of understanding that stumbling block is an offense, And it comes from, it says in um, verse 16, all the souls which I have made in 17 for the iniquity of his covetedness. Right, you see that in 17? For the iniquity of his covetedness. When we saw that God blessed the Jews, we coveted that blessing. We coveted that family. That God, the real one true living God is a father that has a family. All of the other nations had a God, but it was never a father. It was never a family. It was always a master over a people. It was always a fear over a terror, right? But there is a covetedness of look at the blessing, look at the promise, look at how their God fights for them. That was what happened. There was an offense. But only by the humble and contrite spirit can you be healed, Did you see that? Only by the humble and contrite spirit. Verse 15. For thus says the high and lofty one who inhabits eternity, whose name is holy. I dwell in the high and holy place with him who has a contrite and humble spirit to revive the spirit of the humble and to revive the heart of the contrite ones. So to, to go into this subject, you have to humble yourself. And realize that the root of it is that the world is offended at God. The world is offended at God. Ishmael is still offended at God. And we take on that offense that there's an Isaac. Do you know what I'm saying? Ishmael is the flesh way that Abraham had a son. Those people still dwell in the Middle East right? Isaac is the God way that Abraham had a son. Those people dwell in Israel. And there is still that offense that we take on as Ishmael, the whole world, that God has a family. That's the root of racism. That is the whole root of racism. But God, but God, okay? But God, say with me, but God, right? Verse 19, I create the fruit of the lips. Peace, peace to him who is far off and to him who is near, says the Lord, and I will heal him. All right. Please put a note on that. Those who are far off and to those who are near, because you will hear that again. Go to Ephesians. Ephesians 2. We're going to read a little bit here. The great mystery in the Bible was the special covenant of God with his people... That is now one covenant for all races to be his special people. There's a mystery in the Bible that it's now not Jews and then Greeks. It's now one family. One race. One God. One spirit of all. That's a mystery. You cannot rank yourself anymore. The, the only reason that Romans said to the Jew first is it went to them first. It's not that they are first in order. It is that they are the first ones to get the inheritance. Jesus even confirmed this when he, the, you know, the, the Gentile woman came up to him and was like, oh, have mercy on me. And he goes, am I supposed to give the children's bread to the dogs? And you take offense the Gentile nation's dogs? But you're not understanding. His salvation was for his family first. His his family first. But there's a mystery that he wanted all to be his family. Are you in Ephesians? Ephesians 2, verse 4. We're going to read here. You ready? But God... Aha! But God, who is rich in mercy because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in trespasses, made us alive. Together with Christ, by grace you have been saved, and raised us up together, and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus, that in the ages to come he might show the exceeding riches of his grace in his kindness towards us in Christ Jesus. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and that is not of yourself, it is the gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. Amen? Do you all agree? Yes. Ten, for we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared that we should walk in them beforehand. Eleven, therefore remember that you, once Gentiles in the flesh, who are called the uncircumcision by what is called the circumcision made for the flesh by hands, That at a time you were without Christ, being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel, strangers from the covenant of promise, having no hope, and without God in the world. But now in Christ Jesus, you who were once far off, have been brought near by the blood of Christ. Do you see it? All right. Keep going. For by himself he is our peace who has made both one and has broken down the middle wall of separation, having abolished in his flesh the enmity that is the law of the commandments contained in ordinances so as to create in himself one new man from the two, thus making peace and that he might reconcile them both to god in one body through the cross and thereby putting to death the enmity and he came and preached peace to you who were wet far off and to those who were near He healed them who were far off and those who were near through the blood of Jesus and the peace that he sent by his word through the blood of the lamb on the cross. Are you seeing this? This is what heals you. Isaiah said that. This is what heals you from your enmity with the people of God. The world is going to really get angry Mm -hmm. at the Jews. And because of that anger, then the world will get angry at each other. And we've seen it in our nation in racism. And we go, I thought we dealt with this. I thought we had a civil war for this. I thought that we did a civil rights movement in the 60s. Why, Why does this keep springing out of our hearts? Because we are born at enmity with God. And that enmity is only at peace when you see the stumbling block that Jesus had to remove. because it's first started that you have a racism issue with his people, if you were not born of his people. Now I know not all of us here are that, but that's the root of it, you with me? I'm still going. Now therefore, oh I'm sorry, I'm in verse 18, right? Verse 18, well let's read 17 because that's what we do. And he came and preached peace to you who were far off and to those who were near. Those who are near are the Jews, those who are far off, the ends of the world. That's us, here out in West Texas, right? For though, for through him we both have access by one spirit to what? The business partner of our faith, the community mayor, to the Father. That's what the world has always wanted. That's what you have always wanted, is I want the Father. I want a father I want a God who loves me and disciplines me and chastens me and blesses me and gives me an inheritance and now by the Spirit of God you have one father yeah 19 now therefore you are no longer strangers and foreigners but fellow citizens with the Saints and members of the household of God having been built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone, in whom the whole building being fitted together grows into the holy temple of the Lord, in whom you are also being built together for a dwelling place of God in the Spirit. Now, I want you to go back up, just really quickly, go back up and read Ephesians 2. So almost now you can see how... The apostle is addressing the issue of race in this passage. Can you see that? Okay, so now go back up to, to. We understand kind of some of the context. That's not his main point in this, but it's in there, right? Because that's the mystery that God has made a people that were not anything, his special people grafted in. That's me. I was grafted in, and now I am unique. I am special in the blood of Jesus. And it's one race. That's a mystery. How can you make one race? He does. That's what he says. We are one. We're one. We're one. Right? You're probably thinking of another verse, right? In Galatians or Colossians, right? You're probably thinking of those verses. We'll get there. Right? Verse four, though, I want to reread this, but now think. Now look at where it says, plural words. You know what plural means, where there's more than one person? But God, who is rich in mercy because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in trespasses, made us alive together. Who's the together? The Jews and the Greeks. (laughs) Together. With Christ, by the grace that you have been saved, and raised us up together and made us sit together in the heavenly places in Christ, that in the ages to come, he might show the exceeding riches of his grace and his kindness towards us in Christ Jesus. That's not just the Gentiles. That's not just the Jews. That's the one family together. He raised us up together. He seated us up there together. Wow, right? I hope that's a wow. All right. Chapter 3, verse 5. So just turn the page. Chapter 3, verse 5. Which in other ages was not made known to the sons of men, but as, as not made known to the sons of men, as it has now been revealed by the Spirit to his holy apostles and prophets, that the Gentiles should be fellow heirs of the same body and partakers of his promises in Christ through the gospel of which I have been a minister according to the gift of grace given to me. Amen? So the issue that comes into our nation is that there's white and minorities. And the offense comes against people like me. I fit that bill. The offense comes against me. Right? Because whites have it all together. That's the offense. And minorities have been abused by the ones that have it all together, right? So my generations end up in Europe. Most people would agree with me. I wanted to show you a map of Europe, okay? Now, this is very simple, but let's see a map of Europe, okay? I had a map of Europe. It's not up there, is it? It's coming, okay. So, I want you to see. I want to make a very simple point. Is it there? Oh, okay. Look at how unified Europe is. Do you think that's a unified continent? No. Why do you think that? Because it's chopped up to pieces. Right? Because if you were born in Croatia, you don't want anything to do with the Slovenians who don't want anything to do with the Italians, who doesn't want anything to do with the Austrians, who doesn't want anything to do with the Swiss, who definitely doesn't want anything to do with the Germans or anybody else because they're neutral. And then you have the French, who are not like the Spaniards, and the Portuguese are just over there. And then you have, of course, the British across the channel, who nobody gets along with, but the Irish kind of do, but they're still green. Then you have Norway and Sweden and Finland and the Danes, who are all Vikings, but they're not the same Vikings, so they ought to be separated Vikings. You all have, if you are white, some type of route to these countries. And how unified are they that they can all be in the same continent? They aren't. They have to be separated. You have to have even in this country even in this continent there is division. There is a fence. Right? Yugoslavia is I don't know if you know where Yugoslavia is, Nat. Do you know where Yugoslavia is? It's right above Greece, between Greece and Austria, that whole big thing, that conglomerate of the Slavs where Macedonia is and Bulgaria and Croatia and Bosnia-Herzegovina and all of those countries up there that nobody knows who they are, they all got split up because they couldn't be around each other. They couldn't be around each other. (laughs) It's racism. And they still have wars to this day. The war that is going on between Ukraine and Russia is because Ukraine does not believe that they're Russian and the Russians believe that they are. That was the premise of why Putin wanted to save the Ukrainians, is because you are part of the motherland, like we are helping you become part of us again. And the Ukrainians say, we don't have anything to do with you. I'm not saying which one is wrong or right, I'm just telling you this is the divisions that you see is race go to Asia, right? It's, it's not fair because Europe is really small compared to Asia, but I think it's next, right? Is that, is that next? Asia, right? Asia is unique in that it has two massive countries, two massive countries that cover a lot of land and a lot of nationalities. Russia in the north, which was Soviet Union for a long time, and then the yellow one, China, right? But everybody else, pretty broken apart. You have the Middle East over there as well. Look at all the people groups broken up there, right? And then you have all the Stans, Turkmenistan, Afghanistan, Pakistan, Kyrgyzstan, Uzbekistan, uh, Kazakhstan, and I think Azerbaijan. (laughs) I missed something, but anyway, you see all of those. I want to tell you that right now, our world is, um, we're, we're, we're clashing in ideologies in the world. And the two countries that have held, there's, there's two ideologies in how you bring people together. You force them, like Russia and China have, or you make them choose with democracy. And those are going to be your biggest countries in the world right now besides Brazil, but they have a lot of Amazon rainforest that nobody lives in. (laughs) China and Russia have pushed that paradigm, I guess, or principle that people cannot be together. People cannot stay together. Race always gets in the way. Divisions always come ethnicity is unique cultures are unique people groups are unique And China and Russia Have pushed that envelope, but how did they do it with an iron fist? They force it Go to Africa Now this is a little deceiving too because some of these countries are massive countries But they're still being broken up because of ethnicity and race because they cannot be together. This has happened since Babel. This has happened since the Tower of Babel when God scattered and we got offended with each other because we wouldn't obey God. God told them, you scatter and I will bless you. And they said, no, we're going to stay together and we're going to build a tower. And the Tower of Babel, and God said, fine, I will have to scatter you by changing your language. And when it did, they finally were, boom, like a magnet pushed away from each other and since then we've been offended at God because we wouldn't obey him and then he went and did his own thing and he had his own family through Abraham and how far be it that he wouldn't bless us but he blessed them that's the root of racism and you see it now go to the North America and something very different has happened on this continent we don't even see all of it it's broken up down by Central America where you have the Nicaraguans and the Panama and Costa Ricans, right? And the uh, Guatemalans, right? That they are broken apart into different ethnic groups. But then you have Mexico, and you have the United States, and you have Canada. And there is a different way that God has had grace on this land. And yes, we have multiple states, but as somebody, I think it was, oh, it was you guys. When you go to other countries, they are shocked, or at least in the countries that you've been, where they are shocked that you can go across the states. Like, interstate commerce is not like, that's not what you do in America. Yeah, that is what we do in America, and they were arguing with people not from America, that is what we do. You are free to go to Maine as much as you're free to go to California whenever you want, if you have the money to get there. Nobody will stop you. You're free to do it. I want to show you that in America, God shed his grace on thee. Because there is an anomaly happening in, in this country that history and world history has never seen. And that a multitude of different nations can be under one banner, one flag. Liberty and justice for all. And So far we have not divided now. We tried to divide 1860s we tried to do it But through strong leadership and the grace of God and revival we have stayed together And it's only been because of awakenings and the truth of this world when we have actually humbled ourselves And had a contrite spirit and actually said Lord heal us this land has stayed Have we done it perfectly? No. Has any country or continent done it perfectly? No. Now what about Australia? Australia? Yes. I I don't really have much to say about Australia. I want to show you another map. I want to show you the United States overlaid Europe. And maybe it will give you a picture at how gracious God has been for us. And that... Basically almost all of Europe You could squeeze in the blue areas I know it's hard to see But those are seas You could squeeze the land into those blue areas Right? That kind of get out of it Like the United Kingdom could squeeze in there Norway and Sweden could probably squeeze in there You can almost put The entirety of the European continent Split up into how many different races Into our one country And yet, we don't look like that. But yet, okay, Grant, are you saying there's not racism in this country? No. I am saying that we are dealing with this issue. And it is a stumbling block in our midst. And if we don't want to look like Europe, we need to have a humble and contrite spirit. And we need to understand that the root of it is because we are, anti-semitic at heart we have an enmity to what god is doing and we don't like it but jesus tore down that wall of separation jesus tore down that wall of racism jesus tears down that jesus takes away and makes peace to those who are near and to those who are far off he is the peace he settles that enmity where it's like oh We, we, tr- we are trying to bring these different ways, right? Anti-racism, wokeism, these are all ways to be healed from this part of our hearts, but it won't do it. It will put a band-aid over the true cause. It will be helpful, maybe, but it won't heal the land. This is the only healing that can be done is through Christ Jesus, through what he did at the cross that he's tore down that wall of separation. We understand that that is, of course, the holies of holies, but it's also the wall of separation between races because there's neither Jew nor Greek through Jesus. You're one. Yes? Go to Galatians 3. I hope that you can see it with that picture of just how divided Europe is, and that is supposedly the white land. But that's not my country. <laughs> Do you know what I'm saying? Uh. <laughs> Galatians three. Thank you, Jesus. Fill in the blanks. Galatians three, and we're at the end of it here, twenty-six. Is this yes, Galatians three? Twenty-six. For you all are sons of of God. You're what? Sons of the Father through faith in Christ Jesus. For as many of you as were baptized into Christ Jesus and put on Christ. So there is something to be done. You give up your life. You die. Baptism means you are in the grave. You gave it all up. You gave up your old life. You gave up your mothers and your fathers. You gave up your place. You gave up your family. You gave up your nationality for Christ you gave it all up your identity for Christ and you became a son of God this is revolutionary this is this is revolutionary yes there is neither Jew nor Greek there is no race there is neither slave nor free there is no social status There is neither male nor female. There is no rank or authority in their gender. Do you see that? That does not mean that there is not genders. People have used it like that, but that's not what that's meaning. It's meaning that there is no ranks. The male is not greater than the female. The female is not greater than the male. That's what it's saying. There are neither male nor female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. And if you are Christ, then you are who's Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. Wow. That has destroyed every social stereotype in one verse. Did you see it? There is neither no difference in your races. There is neither no difference in your social status. You are not greater if you are elite or if you're poor. You are not greater if you are a slave or if you're a free man. There is no ranks there. And there's not even a rank if you're a male versus a female. Because you are all one in Christ Jesus. You are one. Bought with a very severe price and if you don't believe it then you're offending Jesus' sacrifice yeah Colossians go eat popcorn right General Electric Power Company Colossians 3 Colossians 3 9-11 we're getting you're doing good you gotta stay with me this is an offense and the, and the world doesn't want you to hear this <laughs> you were first at enmity with God and his race. And that is where all racism has stemmed from. Do you understand what I'm saying? If you didn't know that God loved a special people, you wouldn't care. Because yeah, yeah. you're all just, we would have all just been following our own gods. Yeah. But when you see the blessing on the Jews, then it, it shines a mirror at what we did not have. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And that's where all offense comes from in racism that you see somebody that has something that you do not and you covet it. Yep. Not realizing that the way that you get the blessing is through God, through Jesus. Yep. Yes. That's where it starts from. That's where it hems from. It's the root, it's the spirit of it. Colossians 3 9 and 11. Do not lie to one another. Okay? Don't lie. To one another, Since you have put off the old man with his deeds, I have given up my old everything. And I have put on the new man who is renewed in knowledge according to the image of him who created him. Where there is neither Greek nor Jew, circumcised nor uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave nor free. But Christ is all and in all. Amen? Amen? Romans 10. Romans 10, 12 through 13. Romans 10, 12 through 13. For there is no distinction in race. There is no distinction between the Jew and the Greek. That's all Gentiles. For the same Lord over all is rich to all. Who call upon him. (laughs) What? Yes. For there is no distinction between the Jew and the Greek. For the same Lord over all is rich to all who call upon him. That means that there's no partiality. That means he doesn't give special treatment to the Jews anymore. If you call upon the name of the Lord, you shall be sozoed, healed, saved, delivered, and blessed eternally forever and ever. You don't get just some of the blessing. You don't get some of the cake. He is rich to give it all. (laughs) Wow. What a mystery, God. That doesn't make sense, God. Why would you do that, God? That's not our ways. But that's his ways. That's his ways. Yes? 13, for whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Yes? First 1 Corinthians 12, 12 through 14. We're almost there. You're doing good. 12, 12 through 14. For as the body is one and has many members, but all the members of that one body, being many, they are one body. So also is Christ. For by one spirit, we were all baptized into one body. Whether you're a Jew or a Greek, whether you were a slave or free, and have all been made to drink into one spirit. <laughs> For in fact, the body is not one member, but many. Okay, there's something very important here in its lordship. There's something very important being shown in this, in its lordship, of tr- completely giving up you. And that baptism is saying that, right? I have made Jesus Christ Lord and master of my heart, but baptism showing the world that I am no longer my own. I am whatever Jesus raises me to be. I am no longer Mexican. I am no longer English. I am no longer Slovenian. I am no longer Italian. I am in Christ and of his family alone. I am no longer of this world. I have no identity in this world. I have only identity in Christ. And I have drank of his spirit. And you're like, why does that offend me? Why does that offend me? Is there no uniqueness? Nah. Yes, there is. Because he's not just, he wants all of his family. He wants the unique characteristics that you have, but it cannot be preeminent over him. I cannot be an Englishman before I'm a Christian. No different than I can't be a Saudi Arabian and do things that are Saudi Arabian if Jesus tells me to stop doing that. But yet he wants the uniqueness of those who are far away as if they were near. I'm not throwing away the baby with the bathwater. I'm changing the way you think that preeminently you are not of this world. But your uniqueness makes this body so beautiful. Your uniqueness makes it every freckle. that's the body of Christ that we don't look the same and we all have different characters and traits and, and features and loves and flavors. but preeminently you are Christ and Christ alone, and that cannot ever override that truth. Yes? All right, I want to finish. Did we read First Corinthians? Yes, I'm going to finish in Ephesians 4. because so that's what we do. We finish in Ephesians 4 a lot. Ephesians 4, 1 through 6. You ready? We started here. We'll end in Ephesians. I, therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you to walk worthy of the calling with which you were called. You were called to not walk in offense. You were called to not make, take up this stumbling block. I'm charging you to, and I'm beseeching you to be very aware of it because it is an enmity with God and it is manifesting itself today. I beseech you to walk worthy of the calling from which you were called with all what? Lowliness and gentleness. Humble and contrite spirit, it said in Isaiah 57. With long-suffering, that means patience, bearing with one another in love, endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. What's the bond of peace? Jesus. He put this to peace. He brought this to peace. He is the peace. He is the bond of our peace that settles in our hearts any offense and covetedness of our race and where we came from and our past. He covered it all. He takes it all. All the injustice, he brings it to peace. All of the offenses and the true wounds that have happened, he brings it to peace. All of the wrongdoings, he truly brings it to peace. All of the wrongdoings that have happened to minorities in our country is nothing compared to to the injustices and the torment that has happened to his own people over the centuries and the millennia. But he has covered it At the cross and brought peace to it. How much more so can he do that for this nation? (laughs) If he has forgiven us for what we've done to the Jews, he will forgive us for what we've done to each other. Yes? Bearing with one another in love, verse three. Endeavoring to keep the unity of the spirit in the bond of peace, verse four. There is one body. There is one spirit, just as you were called in the hope of your calling, there is one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God, and one Father of all, who is above all, and he is through all, and he is in you all. He is in you all, amen? This is what it means to be in the family of God. So let's stand and let's pray. And the Lord is going to keep teaching us and making us aware and showing a light on stumbling blocks. So Lord, we thank you and I honor you that you are our father. And you are through us and you are in me. (laughs) And I am heart of your heart, flesh of your flesh and bone of your bone only because of Jesus. And I acknowledge what he did on the cross. It tore down that wall of separation between me and my brothers and sisters of different races, Lord. You settle it, and you have given me a country where we can see it in action. We're not perfect, but it's only by God's grace that we have a country that this is even possible. It is a picture of what it was supposed to be in Christ, It is a picture of what it's supposed to be forever. And you have made us an example, and you've given us a high standard and a high call here. And I, for one, say yes. I agree with this high standard and high call for the United States of America. But I ask that through Jesus, you would finish the work. You would finish it in our hearts, and you would heal us, Lord. That we would be contrite and humble, and you would heal our hearts in every way, God. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. 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 If you need prayer for anything, we're right up here. You can stay. In Jesus' name. This message was brought to you by The Garden Gathering Church, a family of spirit-filled believers in San Angelo, Texas. We long to encounter God's presence and equip the saints for the work of the ministry. If you'd like to find out more, go to www.thegardenstc.org to realize how the revelation of Jesus Christ can fulfill your mandate in the kingdom of heaven.